Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps and you'll get 20% off your next Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. It's free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, with the Blackhawks upcoming two games against the rival Detroit Red Wings, I thought now thought now would be a good time to bring on Nolan Bianchi and Ethan Smith from Lockdown Red Wings. And uh, we got Nolan in a little bit of a predicament here, guys. Nolan, what's what's been going on with your chicken tonight? Well, I uh, I, I had it in my mind that I wanted a Popeye sandwich. I was at uh, Yost Ice Arena covering Michigan hockey, doing a little feature story on. Uh, Owen Power, Maddie Beneers, and Kevin Johnson. So, you know. Not oh, a big oh, deal. coming. Sorry, one second. Oh. Not a big deal. Sorry, yep, one second. We have to get, we have to keep this in. We have to keep this in on the. Yeah. Uh, no, thanks. Have a good night. We have to keep that in. It's in. Oh, yeah. All right, boys. So, so here's what happened. I've just, I've just secured the bag, uh, <laughs> as the kids are saying these days. It's been a process. But trust um, the process. Yeah, so I, basically, I was like. I was I was covering the game and it was cold in the rink, so I've like been cold for the last five hours. And then I walked outside and I'm in a walking boot because I have a grade three ankle sprain from tripping over uh, some bleachers at a high school football game last month. <laughs> Classic. Um, so I'm just not in great great physical shape, and my toes are exposed on account of the boot. Stepped outside, it's 15 degrees outside. Uh, miserable, right? But I have this this light six inches of snow. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I have this light at the end of the tunnel that is the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I looked it up while I was at the arena. I know they're open till 11. I'm psyched. Um, and then, you know how life goes. It just it never works out the way you want it to. And uh, that's not that's how incredible. things went. Turns out, turns out they closed at, at 8 o'clock. It was 8.30. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go to KFC because I, I can't stop thinking about a chicken sandwich now. Um, so I drive like six miles to KFC and uh, Google lied about their hours too. So they were, they were closed as well. Then I drove 12 more miles out of my way to go where, to another KFC in where Saline, Michigan. In Saline, Michigan. Never heard of it? Me either. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, but I've, after an hour of driving around, I have just acquired uh, a chicken sandwich and it smells amazing. I'm, I'm like super stoked. Overdue. I'm very, I'm well very overdue. Happy, man. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a story of perseverance. Much like the, the 2021 Detroit Red Wings. Am I right, folks? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good place uh, to start off. Since these two teams last met, kind of been a tough stretch for Detroit. Um, what's kind of been, what's been going on, boys? What's, what's been the problem with uh, the old Red Wings? No, you want to take well, for starters, they haven't. Yeah, I, I mean, we can both take a little bit. I'm sure we both have a laundry list of things. Uh, for starters, taking the old seatbelt here, you're going to get comfortable. Um, they they have not scored on the power play in about six years, so that's that's kind of uh, a problem to start. I believe I saw a stat today, and I was actually doing some digging online the other day, and they're like. So that, that two-game series against you guys, like, that started a whole downward spiral. Like, they were two and two. They were looking good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they just spiraled from there, lost, like, nine in a row. The power play is absolutely garbage. I believe I, I saw that it was 0-19 in one goal games this season. Wow. Uh, so, and, and that's really been the whole story because, like, quite honestly, as bad as the record is, I don't think it reflects how this team has played over these last couple of weeks. And they haven't really, you know, they haven't looked like world beaters or anything like that. But uh, I think that that special teams is poorly reflecting uh, on their record, which I mean, when you're tanking, you're going for that top gas ball, not the end of the world, but uh, Ethan, what else you got? Right. Okay. Nolan, I also want to preface this with the fact that there's a winter weather advisory report out right now and that we're, no we're, we're, we're supposed to get a, a solid one to two inches tonight and it's going to start right now. So I just want you to drive home safe after this podcast. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. And also so good, to know, it, good to know that I'm waiting, waiting then in that, in yeah, that case. Right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Just drive home safe after this. Um, we're going to get like a 10 inches. I don't know how crazy it's brutal, but a lot of snow recently. But Chicago's anyway, been no better. Chicago's dude, been yeah, a nightmare. I'm sure it's been, I'm sure it's been awful. It's I mean, you guys are getting the same shit that we are. So it's like, anyway, getting back to the Red Wings. Um, <laughs> the, we've also had a couple, couple guys out for COVID. Uh, a couple Feel top that. six guys. Fabry Zadina did, definitely didn't help us when you got to put Philpola or Franz Nielsen in the top six or whoever you want to. A couple good prospects coming up. Uh, Giovanni Smith has played, played great for us, but I mean, you know, it's as Noel unwraps a chicken sandwich. I, it's 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 been a it's been a good a nice little foray into you know a couple of prospects that can play good for us. But quite frankly, when that prospect is going to get 12 minutes compared to Franz Nielsen's 16. It's been rough, but like Nolan said, when you're, when you're going for that Owen power type player, I mean, that's what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. One thing I have noticed though, is just looking at your guys' schedule. I mean, a lot of close games, you guys, they haven't been getting blown out. And a lot of those games have been against top teams, like the Panthers who are off to a great start, the lightning who are, doing as well as everyone projected them to do in this central division. Also, you've lost a couple of games at Dallas and they all came on the road. So while it's been ugly, there are like kind of those, those things to keep in mind as well. You get some home games finally coming up here. You know, if there's, if there's really one thing that we can, that me and Nolan can talk about is the fact that our goaltending, although the stats may not lay that out for us has been a one for us. It's been phenomenal to a point where when Jimmy Howard was in the net, we knew it wasn't a great thing. Uh, we actually had a we're sorry, Jimmy Howard segment on our podcast during the nine game losing streak because we realized that 
it wasn't his fault that he lost 24 games last year. <laughs> Our team was awful. Yeah, like Thomas Grice was playing decent. Like Thomas Grice was playing good. He, he had a couple moments where like, oh, dude, we could have used that one. But like we ended up losing those games five to one anyway. Like yeah. and and like you mentioned, there haven't really been a lot of those games. Those two games against Chicago, they only have they were both multi-goal losses, and then they only have two the rest of the way. You mentioned them against Dallas and against Tampa, and those were two games on the road where you're just like, I'm pretty sure it was the first game of the series, first game of a road trip, and you're just like, all right, Jesus, like, take it easy. And, and so, like, that was just kind of uh, – hey, that, that's kind of how it's going. Stop it. He's already chance. dead. <laughs> no joke. No joke. That is uh, astute. I was going to bring up how well Grice has been playing because – it was funny. My buddy was text, or we were Facetime the other day. We always talk about gambling picks and stuff together. And he was going to talk about not taking the wings because Grice was in that. And I was like, if you look at his numbers, like he his record's not good, but his his save percentage and goals against the average they don't match up with what his record is. You you'd expect his record to be much better compared when you see those numbers. I like. It seems like he has he hasn't been the problem at least. No, the goaltending has been the absolute least of our issues. It's more just horrible transitions, bad giveaways, can't get the puck out of our own zone. Like that, that, that is the issue. And special teams. You're getting yes. dummied on special teams. Their penalty kill, I mentioned yeah. their power play, their penalty kill is like 70%. Like it is bad. Yeah. Which is why Red Wings Twitter is just screaming for a fire blashel type thing. Cause we want to try and get somebody else in there that could try and spark some of these special teams. Because I mean, there was a game we had like, seven power plays. I can't remember if it was against Florida or Tampa Bay, one of the Florida teams. And I mean, it was just abysmal, but I mean, if we can, if we can convert on one of those, we would have won that game. And that's, and that right there is exactly the issue with this team is that we are, we are piss poor in our special teams and our transitions. But in the, in the, I guess in the middle of that, the, the goaltending is not the issue. When we get the puck in the zone, that's not the issue. It's, it's just, we don't know. We don't know if it's half the team or if it's half the coaching that deserves to be traded or deserves to be canned. And we're, I think we're still trying to figure that out. You're you're good. I was going to say, bringing up the special teams. I mean, the power play gets a lot of the bad talk, but the penalty kill, yeah, they're bottom five in the league as well. And when you don't get good special teams play, it's, it's hard, to, it's hard to stay in games because you miss out on opportunities that other teams give you and you let teams cash in on theirs. And when you let teams capitalize on their mistakes, odds are they're going to win the game. That was the, uh, that was the story of the first game against Nashville. I mean, coming in, I, I believe they were both, both teams were ranked bottom five in both categories. The Red Wings' first power play of the game, might, it might have been like a little bit of recency bias, but like that was one of the worst power plays we'd seen all year. And then like two minutes later, Nashville's awful penalty or power play unit shouts out there and they look like the the Russian five. Like it really it, it's just like you're just like how? How? We're supposed to both be bad. Like why huh. why do you look like that right now? And isn't it so discouraging when you see another bad team run a good power play and you're like, why can't we do this? That yep. was the story with the Blackhawks for so long. And then randomly this team has a good power play, which makes no sense, but we'll take it. 
but that that's just another frustrating thing when you when you see another team, especially with the Blackhawks too. In the last couple of years, it was so difficult for them to get into the zone and get things set up. And other teams would just walk into the zone and look like it was a cakewalk because they have an extra man out there, and it, it makes sense. Like it should be easier, and the Blackhawks just couldn't do it for some reason. What's really what do you think has been like the struggles of the power play? Has it been the entries? Has it been just not able to find the oh, back of the net, or oh, is man. it a plethora of things? It's 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 a poo-poo platter of absolutely everything that could possibly be wrong with a power play in the National Hockey League. I like me and Nolan have talked about like I'll say there'll be six drop passes on our three power plays today. Trying to get into the zone hardly works. Let's see. I'll say there's under if we get five power plays, I'll say there'll be three shots. Like it, it's it's so abysmal. The entire thing is awful. It it's yeah. There's no setup I, once we get actually get into the zone. There's no setup. There's no exact play that you want to work. Like obviously, if you want if you want to watch like a a Washington game, and you, you they're gonna try and work the outside of the umbrella. Mm-hmm. You want if like the old Red Wings, it would be get it to the point, get it to Thomas Holmstrom so we can get a tip on the net. Hopefully, we get a goal. But right now we have absolutely nothing, Nolan. Yeah, there's just no like uh I remember we were talking about like Pew Suter's first goal against the Red Wings on that Sunday, right? Like it was one of those like just throw it towards the net, see what happens. And you just don't see that. Like they don't give themselves a chance for chaos to happen. And that's kind of how you gotta convert on um, things in the National Hockey League when the skill level or you know, there's so much parity or whatever you want to call it, like everybody out here is is a talented hockey player. You just you gotta find a way to get pucks on net. And when you have an extra guy out there and you still can't do that, I mean, it's it, it really is mind boggling. Um, but I was like, so I was even joking on last episode uh, that I recorded on Thursday uh, that Philip Ronick, like one one time the Red Wings were on the power play, they went to go into the zone, and Philip Ronick's like idea for how to do it was to ice the puck and hope one of his teammates beats it, and he didn't. And, like it, it was an icing. And you're just like, well, yeah, at least he tried something. But in saying that, so I actually, I actually unveiled a new conspiracy theory that I have next week or last week that I think has legs. I think that the power play might be bad on purpose. And the reason I say that is because five on five, they look like a really solid team. Like I, I think uh, expected goals against or something like that. Look at me using a little analytics here. Oh, expected goals against. They're like, they're like top 10 in the league. And uh, they, they can't score and their special teams stink. So I think what is happening here is that Iserman is using this bad power play to lose games while still not having his, his team, you know, be crushed five on five. So you look at this team, you're like, oh, they added all these guys who have like been serviceable, like Troy Stetcher, John Merrill. And uh, like has been an upgrade. Mark Stahl, not so much, but he's got two goals. He's got more goals than Lafreniere right now. Uh, never, never mind that fact, but it's true. Uh, and like everybody, every place that they tried to upgrade, I think was successful. And so it's like, what, why is this team so bad? I think it's a combination of, you know, the circumstances surrounding the weird year. You mentioned the road trip and then the two games on the road against Dallas and Tampa. Like that's, that's going to be a tough, uh, a tough out no matter what. But I think, I think they might be doing it on purpose. They, they look a lot better. Their draft stock is staying high. You know, I'm just saying. I, I think a potential story. Might, 
I think so too. And like, all you have to do is just keep Dan Bilesmo employed. Like there's no like real trick or like evil thing to it. Like, no, just keep having Dan Bilesmo do what he's doing. And <laughs> everything's going to go just as planned. And everything's going to go just as planned. Their power play is going to be running at 8%. I think it. I think it's below 8%, 8% now. I think it's like 7.5 or something. I think like you're that. right. I know only Minnesota has a worse power play right now. I Which is crazy be seven, because – I think you're at 7.8. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I didn't expect uh, Minnesota's power play to be that bad. Like, they have, some, they have some scorers. They have some guys that can run a power play. Yeah, that's a little bit random. Yeah, 7.8%. No bueno. Nolan, name five guys on Minnesota with a mouthful. Yeah, I just took a big bite. <laughs> I went right for that. Hey, you've been out of the Central Division for a couple of years. Mm. Perfect time to think of some names. Zach Parise, Charlie Caprizo, Coyle, Ryan Suter, <laughs> right. Jared Jason Spurgeon. Zucker. You tried to trick me there. Miku um, Kleibu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness you guys want to talk about columbus and what a dumpster player they've been oh my what God. has happened what is happening in columbus well i mean it's kind of working they're they're okay i mean jack roslovic looks like a beauty pat patrick line has been a eh. he got robbed yeah, in the news for like bad reasons every day i know i was just doing a crossover with uh with jay and he was like i just don't want to be the main character of the of the NHL every week, and I'm like, yeah, that's fair. It seems like they've had a full season of storylines already, and we're a quarter way through the season. Yeah, definitely. What's well, really like that? Uh, so, like, it was really funny. The Dubois stuff went down, and then they get Line A, and then uh, Torts benches Line A, and there's like, you think that like the things have settled down for just a little bit, and then he goes and does that, and then like the next day, Miko Koivu just retires. I know. And, and like, that was just, like, the cherry on top of the shit sandwich that was, like, John Tortorella's, I mean, week. Like, that, it all kind of comes back to him in a way, whether it's fair or not, because, you know, it's his locker room. And, obviously, there are probably a, a tons of off-the-ice things that are outside the locker room things that contributed to Koivu deciding to retire. But just, like, the optics of it after the weeks that they had, it was right. just, it was so bad. He definitely could have just been, like, I'm done with this <laughs> yeah like what am i here for he's just like looking like what <laughs> absolutely but at the same time it's like it's like the, it's not like the columbus media could have been that bad you know right yeah they're just getting popular so, like, so you don't really have to deal with that much i would i feel like but you know it is what it is all right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover with Nolan Bianchi and Ethan Smith from Lockdown Red Wings will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like peanut butter, mint brownie, coconut, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get 20% off your next order. Built Bar recently sent me a sample pack. I got to try all 18 of their flavors. 
And seriously, these are some of the best protein bars I've ever had in my life. Cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. Those two are my personal favorites, but all the flavors are really tasty, really good chocolate, and they're super easy to eat on the go and great for the keto diet, a great healthy snack. So one more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. I also need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yes, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online even has you covered for all the news, scores, and live odds of every game you want to watch. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up right now. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What have, uh, what have been your guys' thoughts on the Central Division so far? Uh, you know, about what we thought it was going to be, quite frankly. Well, in my opinion, kind of what I thought it would be. Uh, I knew we would be at the bottom. I knew, I knew it was going to be fun. Um, it's, I mean, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Right, we knew that. Detroit is Detroit. Florida, I, like, though. I mean, I mean, Florida had a bunch of weak teams. And the, the fact that we were able to give them their first regulation loss of the season almost 10 games in, fair enough. Oh, it's a nice little feather in the cap. Yeah, but they smushed Tampa last week <sighs> in their first matchup of the season. And they actually, I mean, like, they were, they were in the playoffs last year, right? Were they, were they, they were the 10 seed. They were the 10 18? seed. They were a they 10 were the 10 seed. seed. Okay. Florida's always, like, right there. And uh, they, have, they have a lot of, a lot of good players on that team. The Red Wings have played them – feels like almost uh, after next week they will have played the Florida six times so we've gotten pretty familiar with them I don't think they're like a great team by any means but if Bobrovsky can be anywhere near the goaltender that they signed him for and they're able to get scoring like they have a pretty good decor so I don't know I kind of I I don't see you know how hot they are being sustainable but I think they'll they'll definitely get in the playoffs yeah, their issue is is goaltending. Um, Bobrovsky obviously has not lived up to an an ounce of that contract that they gave him. Um, it, I know that's just part of the sport and part of the business of the game, but I mean, I think his I think his last name is Drieger has been their backup mm-hmm. goaltender. Yeah, and he's been he's he's been, he's been very good. solid for them. And yeah. this and he is the exact reason why. You don't give a goaltender ten million dollars over seven years when he's twenty nine to come play for you. All right, listen to this. Sergey Bobrovsky, five and one, three point three three goals against average in the eight eighty four save percentage. Holy! Jimmy yes. Howard is rolling in his career grave right now. Yep, that's gross. 
How do you go five and one with an eight eighty four save percentage? That's not even gross. That's fascinating. We should because do a deep dive. <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov are incredible. So good. Jonathan so Huberto is the most underrated player in the league. I'll die on that limb. Yeah, I think I think Barkov's right up there too, though. Barkov's up there too. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think Barkov's oh, kind of out of the slept on. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute, maybe, guys. Yeah, maybe out of the slept on <laughs> period. But if he played for if he played for a Toronto, yeah, he would be he would be a generational oh, yeah. type player. That's they would gas him up to be a generational type player. Even Fact. if he played in like the rain, like anywhere, any main market, even Detroit. Just saying, like that he would be a generational type player for us. For sure. He's a stud. Those two are a deadly combo. So they, they've been interesting. I'm interested to see what's going to happen, uh, whether or not Dallas is going to come alive. Kind of been through after a hot start, they've kind of been up and down. And then Columbus and the Blackhawks are right in the middle of the pack. Two teams that I didn't expect them to be there. I thought they would be towards the bottom or so, but we are only the quarter way in. So long yeah, I sure as hell didn't expect you guys to be up there. I yeah. sure as hell didn't. This has been a crazy start for us, boys. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Um, can we bring up this uh, chart that uh, we got sent the other day, Jack? Let me let me see where. Oh it is. no! Oh, don't do uh, it! Don't do it! Odds the right now. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have a six. They have the highest odds to miss the playoffs and not pick in the top five. So. Um, yeah, there yeah. is that. <laughs> it definitely is a little dangerous the way we're going because it's a better start than everyone expected, and we're not sure if it's sustainable or not. But at the same time, what, like whether or not that costs us a lottery pick next year, obviously a lottery pick would be great. But even if we don't get it, yeah. I think – I mean, you guys have had your fair share. Exactly. And so. I, if we don't get it, I think that shows us that we're already a step further than some people would expect us to be in this rebuilding process. So, and we have a lot of young pieces that are good and could help us too. Obviously you'd like to add to that group, but if you're winning now, I don't think you can really pass at that opportunity. Have you guys heard anything about Le- Tate? No, not a word, but it, it's sounding, yeah, it's, it's sounding, I don't know. Based on Stan Bowman's had an interview where he's denied all serious accusations about Tays and everything that people were saying. There was some people saying he's had MS and stuff. Um, said it wasn't anything like that, but still didn't really clarify or make any statements. Obviously wanted to keep it confidential. Um, but they're good. I'm praying for that guy. I know I am too, man. I'm hoping that this sounds like it could be nothing too serious. And also one interesting thing. I mean, the Blackhawks players, they've kind of all been saying that they can't wait to get them back. And I don't know if that's just them being hopeful or not, but when you, when they say that, you're hoping it, it's sounding like it could be eventually at some point, you know? Exactly. They so. wouldn't say that. Yeah. They, I, yeah, if they knew that it was a prognosis that wasn't going to be able to come back, that they wouldn't necessarily say that. So. so, yeah, obviously we still don't know fully all the details or anything, but I'm hoping I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I am. It doesn't too. sound like it's going to be this year though, obviously. I have a question for you is like, not, not is the Chicago's play sustainable. Because I think that's too vague and unanswerable of a question. When you look at Kevin Lankinen's play, like at face value, is is that sustainable? Because I don't watch a lot of the Blackhawks, and I'm just curious: is it like one of those things where the guy is making unbelievable saves on a nightly basis, or does he just look like Doc Solomon? Uh, one thing I will say is that 
the Blackhawks, they have a lot of young, young guys on their defense right now. I mean, we got a 20, a couple 21 year olds and a lot, it's a lot of youth on the back end right now. So Lankinen's getting tested an awful lot. So uh, I think it will be hard. You know, he's been really good. And most nights he's allowed two goals or less. And just with our defense, you know, we tend to, especially late in games when it's a close game, like if another team's trailing, we're allowing that surge full on. Like we're not ready to handle that at this point. Yeah. Other, other teams yeah. can put up 17, 18 shots on goal in the third period. And when you allow yeah. that and you have a rookie in goal, yeah, those things can definitely be hard to sustain. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised along the way if Lankton has a couple of hiccups where, you know, three or four games and we're always allowing three or four, but that also could just be, a variable of our defense. So I think that's where the biggest question mark with Lincoln and going forward. But besides that, he's a super confident guy. I mean, after off the ice, he just sounds like he's very sure of himself and confident. He can make every save every night. You love to hear that from your goaltender. And also when, when you watch him play, he's very sound positionally. He's always in a good spot to make a save. His rebound control is usually pretty good. And that's pretty much the opposite of the other two guys we got in Subban and Delia. They're like reactionary guys, give up a lot of rebounds. Whereas Lankinen's really always in a good position. So I think he has all the talent to be able to keep up this run. But with the Blackhawks defense in front of him, I think it could be a little tough. You know, being a, being a goaltender my entire life and uh, really paying attention to the goaltending slight, position. Slight flex, humble brag. Very slight flex. I didn't go anywhere. It's, 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 there's no flex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but what it is with, with, especially at the NHL level, you've seen it with Bennington. You've seen it with a guy like Hammond. I'm not comparing either of those guys to Lankinen, but when you get a goaltender who's had success previously in his career, like he has, and you have a goaltender who is confident, he's getting a lot of shots a game, shots equal, equal confidence. There, there is, there's, there's nothing else in this sport, like having more shots on net in the NHL. If you're in a slump, nothing gives you that feeling of confidence, like stopping 40 shots a game, and getting your team a win. Right. That, that it's the pinnacle of being a goaltender. It's perfect. More shots, good, good saves. Like you said, no rebounds. Perfect. So when you get into that, that is what's going to, really start to bring you like this guy could be the future of our team. It's not, I don't want to compare him to Crawford. I don't want to compare him to, you know, it's what Chris Bell, Huey, I don't know, Jocelyn Tebow. <laughs> what, do, what do you want me to do? But like, it, it's a guy go, that I used to go even Jocelyn Tebow all the time when you're in high school and he hated it so much. There was like the biggest insult. Why would you tell <laughs> me that? And I would just be like, I don't know. You remind me of Justin Tebow. He's like, why would you say that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just. He took it really personally. Sorry. Sidebar. Interrupted. I'm going to go back yeah, to my best. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Auntie Nemi, whatever. Um, it's like, the, but what I'm, what I was saying is just like the ability for him to be able to get into a groove like he is now and the success that he's already had in taking over this starting role and becoming the guy for your team. Well, got so much confidence in him especially like i said with him having success in his previous uh championship you know, like tournaments and right. just outside of the nhl it's phenomenal i'm i'm really looking forward to i remember when they when chicago signed him i was like this good this is someone you can take over take over for crawford and that's exactly what he's done so far this year hopefully it continues 
I'm totally down to see it. And I mean, I quite frankly, Jack, I, I wish you the best of luck with him. I hope he works out for you long well, term. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's been a fun, uh, fun little journey here since we signed Kevin Lincoln and we saw him perform really well at the world championships a couple summers ago, leading a, a Finland team without any NHLers to a gold medal. And ever since then, there's always had a little bit of hope in the back of my mind for Kevin Lincoln. And it's awesome to see that he's been playing so well early on. Um, and, and with a young goaltender, I mean, he, he's only 25 years old, really just getting started in, in terms of his career. And he's only been pro for, this is his third year pro. So this really, I'm hoping is just the beginning of something great for Chicago. Hopefully our next good goaltender, we really could use that. Right. And especially too with goaltending too, it's not necessarily how young a guy can come in. Cause it, and you see guys like an ask Rava Primo getting drafted and it's just like, Oh, this is going to next big guy can come in at 22 and be a difference. Like Vasilevsky came in at 21. It doesn't necessarily matter. Um, players, especially goaltenders peak at different ages to where they get that um, maturity to not over overcommit like you saw Askarov do in the world juniors. I mean, the guy was a, was a fish out of the net half the time. He was still making saves, but he looked like a fish. He also couldn't hang on to a stick at all. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Right. The, That's the memes going around of the firmly grasp. <laughs> like, exactly, though. That is a term of maturity that comes with playing yeah. at the highest level in the NHL. Right. So when you can get something like that with a player like that who can come in, it doesn't matter where they, what age they come in at. As long as you can come in and be as consistent as he is technically, like you said, Delia and Subban are very, very reactive to the situation. That's going to give you more rebounds. That's going to give you more issues with those second and third shots. But if you can get a guy like Lankinen, who comes in and he's just technically sound and he's confident in what he's doing, that's where you're going to get your future NHL goaltender for hopefully another 10 years. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. So hoping for in Chicago. Um, boys, in this upcoming series, what, do, uh, what are you looking for? What's, what's key, key things, key details to pay attention to? What do you think the Wings kind of have to do well in order to come out with some victories? Everything. All right. I'm not going to say the power play, but that is the answer. And also the penalty kill. I mean, and that was what killed them the first time around, right? Like, yeah, totally. That was when things kind of started to go downhill. I don't really anticipate this series going like it did last time, just because it was like pretty high scoring, uh, all things considered. Like that, I think the Red Wings have only allowed more than six goals once this season. So I don't, I don't anticipate uh, something like that happening again. Uh, but we will, we were. Here's the thing, like some guys are starting to pick it up. Some guys are like starting to, you know, put a little little run together. Like Anthony Mantha, he got benched last week. He came back. He's looked really, really good. Uh, Robbie Fabry has scored in three of his last four games. Uh, we might get Tyler Bertuzzi back this week, I believe. So who knows uh, what energy that'll bring as well. But I, I think really just a continuation of what we saw from them last week, five on five, because they came away two and two. When you look at the two games they lost, and you go, oh, they allowed one goal on the power play and they didn't score any goals in the power play. So that's the game right there. Uh, I think they just need to continue to play solid defensively in front of, of uh, Grice and Bernier, whoever ends up. I mean, I'm sure they're on the split in the series, but 
keep being de- good defensively in front of him. And you just got to get more pucks on that, got to get more pucks in the back of that, honestly. This, this team has a problem scoring, no matter if it's on the power play or if it's on five on five. But they've had a good success keeping them out of the back of their net. So uh, I, I think that really will be what they continue to lean on here going forward. Unfortunately for you and us and everybody else who has to watch, it produces really, really boring hockey. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. What do you got, Ethan? Yeah, like what you said, playing not to lose. It's, 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 you know, the exact thing that we're doing right now. It's not fun hockey. A lot of times we don't win when we're trying not to lose. But, I mean, it's a part of the game. We're trying our best. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I think, I think, like, I don't think I've, I've kind of changed my tune on that as the season has gone on because it has proven to be successful. Like last year, like you, I mean, like, how do you be a defensive team when you're allowing that many goals? But uh, I think we've, like, kind of seen that actually come to fruition. And we've seen guys start to play really, really well. Like Philip Peronic had kind of a rough start to the season. <clears throat> he's turned it up a little bit. He actually produced uh, an assist last night. Uh, Troy Stetcher has been really, really solid. John Merrill has been really good. So those guys I mentioned, like, back there on the blue line, Danny DeKaiser went on waivers today. I guess we'll see what happens with that. That's a whole other story. Um, but I, I actually don't think there's the mindset of defense first is flawed because it has produced tangibly positive results five on five but if you can't put the puck in the back of the net you're not going to win games so they got to find a way to do that in any way possible and they and they got to stop giving up a goal every single game on the penalty kill like i just we, we do these game recaps and i go well guys here's the game right here detroit had six more shots on that like and then but one last power play goal and that that's the game and it sucks but it is what it is so that is kind of <clears throat> What we are looking for. How's your guys' penalty kill, Ben? Not that it honestly matters, but just out of curiosity. Penalty kill actually has been pretty solid for the Blackhawks lately. We gave up. <laughs> we gave up. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, We gave up two goals to the Jackets the other night in the first game of the series. But before that, we had killed off 12 in a row and 22 of 23. So we actually had found our stride a little bit uh, on the penalty kill. But what killed us against the Jackets, honestly, was just taking dumb penalties. I mean, you can have a good penalty kill, yeah. but when you take dumb penalties and give teams opportunities, they're going to convert at some point. So for the most part, though, yeah. the Blackhawks, Blackhawks PK has been been pretty good. And it also helps when your goaltender is your best penalty killer. So what are you looking for coming into this series? Uh, I'm looking for I'm hoping that the Blackhawks can get some help from their secondary scoring lately. It's mostly just been Patrick Kane and Alex to a uh, big thing is Dominic Kubalik. He has 12 points in 16 games this year. 11 of them have come on the power play. He has one five-on-five point. And the Blackhawks could really use that second wave of scoring. Him and Dylan Strom has been really slow lately. Matias Janmark, he got off to a hot start. He's been kind of bad the last couple of games. Um, so I'm hoping that the Blackhawks, you know, Patrick Kane and Alex Brinkett, the way they're playing right now, they could produce two, three goals themselves every night. If we could get our other guys doing a little bit more, we can really put our foot on the gas and, you know, kind of jump out to a bigger margin when we're getting as good of goaltending as we have as of late. So I think that's a big thing in this series. And then just keep playing well on special teams. You guys, we talked about you guys being poor on special teams basically this whole episode. And I mean, the Blackhawks have been good in that department. So I think if the Blackhawks take care of that battle, I think they should come out with a pair of victories, even though they're on the road. Are you nervous about the Kubelik 
1.5 on 5? Uh, a, a little bit, but he's been playing with Dylan Strom a lot, and Dylan Strom doesn't really drive possession in his favor a lot. So, <laughs> like, Are you nervous about Dylan Strom then? <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm a lot more nervous about Dylan Strom than I am Dominic Kubelik, <laughs> for sure. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to have Mick Schmaltz back. I really would. I still think – I think he's the better player between the two. They're still young. I think that trade probably can't be judged for a couple more years. But Dylan Strom, he's – I think he's one of those guys that has to play with good guys to be good. I don't think he's going to be the playmaker yeah. that's going to drive a line or anything. He's not fast. He's never been a good skater. Uh, he's kind of a pass-first guy doesn't use he's like 6263 and he doesn't really use his size all that well. He's just got a lot of things concerning about his game. Especially for a guy who went number 3 ahead of Mitch Marner by the way. Arizona really fucked that up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, February 15th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, or you can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can even call 708 708- 653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's pick up a, a nice W on the road against the Detroit Red Wings to start off this two-game series. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.